Welcome to Life Tips, the show that offers expert tips and savvy advice to make life easier and more fun on the web and around the world. Life Tips President Byron White talks to the latest trendsetters about strategies to grow your business. Now, please welcome this week's Life Tips host, Byron White. Welcome, everyone, to the Life Tips Weekly Radio Show. Happy to have everyone back here today. We're joining us today is Peggy Collins, the author of a very interesting book entitled Help is Not a Four-Letter Word, Why Doing It All is Doing You In. Peggy, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here, Byron. It. Uh, I want to ask you about McGraw-Hill, for starters. What were they like to work with in publishing your book? Well, the McGraw-Hill I know is represented by a senior editor by the name of John Hearn, who was absolutely fabulous. That's you know, great. All my dealings were through him, and, and he's just a prince of a fellow and very... Uh, very sharp and very together and organized the thing and shot it through there. Good to hear. Tell us a little bit about this interesting work, or this interesting work that you put together, this book. Um, and the, the four-letter word is <laughs> has to catch people's eye. <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit about the, the title of the book itself. How did you come up with the title? And Well, I'd be happy to uh, because we're still then on the same conversation because actually McGraw-Hill came up with it. Byron, the entire time I was writing this book, my working title was the self-sufficiency syndrome, help for those who cannot ask. And um, McGraw-Hill felt like, and I think rightly so, that that was too clinical, and I'm not a psychologist. And so, oh golly, a couple months before we went to uh, publication, they they suggested we change the name, and this is what we arrived at. Hmm. Now, as I think about... Um, this this challenge that you've taken on, um, namely, I guess the overall thesis being that people need to ask for help more um, than they are currently right now. Would you say that's the thesis overall um, that they they need to you know try to stop doing it all and and, and ask for help either by delegating or by uh, you know, asking for help to save time. Is that Explain the overall thesis. I, I think you've really hit upon it. Uh, let me just undergird it with this information. Uh, I raised two children. They're both grown, Byron, and I had no idea that we had a third stage of development. Uh, you know, dependence is the stage where we're supposed to learn how to trust and collaborate, and then we move on to self-sufficiency, of course, called in- independence, where we're supposed to learn a lot of things, and uh, you certainly to be self-sufficient, you know, for one, to be able to stand on our own two feet and to feel proud of that. But then we're supposed to take the commingling of the strengths from those two stages and yet move on again to interdependence where we're able to stand on our own and also to depend on others. And there are a whole bunch of us in this country, it's a near epidemic, who have gotten stuck in that second stage. And I call that the self-sufficiency syndrome. Hmm. Do you think that there's a work phenomenon going on here where people really like to, if you will, hide their, their, their ignorance, if you will, about, about, about something? Oh, I think you're right. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, you know, in the workplace, um, in fact, I'll say something about that in a sec, but in the workplace, um, it's security. It's job security to know a lot of things and know how to do things. And to people feel that to admit vulnerabilities is not job security. You never show your Achilles heel. You know that old saying, uh, you never let them see you sweat. 
And so I really do think that that is a cultural value of most organizations. And what I was going to tag on there is that all of a sudden, I'm so pleased, I'm being asked to write a couple of articles for business magazines talking about how corporations create safe environments to ask uh, to enable people to ask for help. Hmm. Now, my, I wanted to to tell you something that my father, who's a professor of philosophy at the University of Maine, told me, and get your reaction to it, because it's actually been quite a major factor in, in my own learning and development, and that's the following. Um, uh, never be afraid of your ignorance, but try to hide your stupidity. Oh, I like that. Isn't that great? I like that a lot. I wish I uh, had that for the book. Yeah, well, in your next book, you can include that as your as your title, maybe. I'll, I'll hand that on to you. You're the expert in this area. But let's talk about that for a second. This this notion of hiding the stupidity is is kind of interesting. Um, you know, can you separate the ignorance from the stupidity and, and, and work on your stupidity separately from your ignorance? Well, of course, that's, that's a fairly new concept for me. Just the quote itself, I love it. Um, but what comes to mind as you say that is this. What I did find in doing research about people asking for help is that people, even though they can't ask for help, uh, become more inclined to ask in areas that they already excel in. Hmm. So they don't. everybody knows they excel. Everybody knows that they're not stupid. Uh, that they just have an ignorance about certain points, and so they are not quite so leery about uh, kind of uh, getting out there on the limb and asking for help. Hmm. So I think that really ties in, don't you? Indeed, yes. Um, here's another interesting point that I wanted to raise so you and get your thoughts on it. Um, what I've learned in my travels, and just tell me if I'm wrong in this, but in my journey in life, what I've really capitalized on, and this is true in, in the sales strategy that I, that I try to help uh, people with um, here at the company and other places as well, and that is this uh, fundamental belief that I have that people actually like helping other people. Do you believe oh. that? Oh, my gosh, yes. You know, we have, uh, in fact, uh, sometimes in workshops, and by the way, I do sales stuff as well, Byron. So um, that's my background, a lot of years background. But um, we have a helping gene. And so we love to help other people. And for self-sufficient, and that's why I'm calling the person who has this syndrome, that's the only way we're able to make our human connection. And, of course, we are social animals, and we desperately need to make those connections. And the self-sufficient isolates himself or herself uh, literally by being self-sufficient, doing everything all by themselves, not delegating because they're afraid somebody else uh, won't do it as well. You know, so that's pretty darn isolating. So the only way they make that human connection is to help others. And I think, you know, as a, as a nation, we've seen that with these horrible, you know, yesterday was the anniversary of 9-11, and, mm. of course, you know, we, we remember that so vividly. And yes. the outpouring, the outpouring of helping. We mm. saw that when Diane, you know, Princess Diana was killed. Um, yes. You know, so Pete, there just seems to be a pent-up need to help in this country, doesn't there? I think not just in the country in this country. I think I think it's an innate part of the the, the DNA of our fabric. You know, it's oh, just I do too. Uh, yeah. it's really interesting. But I I can't wait to tell you my two favorite examples of of how um, the the concept of help has come into play. They both relate to um, sales training that I've done. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so imagine this. Um, my fundamental belief 
as, as I do this sort of Socratic selling training stuff that, I, that I've done over the years for like 10 or 15 years now has been, you know, helping the center of it, namely that people are willing and, and, and have a desire to help you. And you need to leverage that opportunity to open a lot of doors for yourself. So that's the premise. Mm-hmm, and I, mm-hmm. I use this example of imagine that you're, um, you're, you're driving and you're late for an appointment, okay? And you know you have to take a right turn on this, on this particular intersection that you're coming up to, but there's a huge line of traffic, right, it, that everyone wants to take that right turn. And you're, you're, you're racing ahead, so you decide to get in the left lane, pass all the cars, and then try to edge your way in to, to make the turn, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's two ways you can do it. One, you can kind of just be the jerk and cut someone off. Or number two, you can stop right next to somebody and give them one of these sort of little edgy signs, you know, like, is it okay if I cut in front of you where you point your hand? Right. And I can guarantee you that, that 99 out of 100 times, if you ask somebody for help, if you ask them, is it okay if I cut in front of you, they will say yes. Whereas in the same time, 90 times out of 100, if you just try to cut somebody off, they will try to race you and practically get in an accident with you. I think that's a good example. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. It is. That's amazing. I find myself having to do that a lot. <laughs> I've done it. It's it's amazing. It's I've I've made a, a a lifelong experiment of this and have never had anybody to date that has said no. I don't want you now. Mind you, I've got a nice, cute smile on my face, and you know, I'm, I'm, sometimes I'll even roll down my window, you know, and say, "Is it okay?" I'll give it okay. You know, you have to be nice about it, right? Mm-hmm. Then I always wave when I'm in the in front of them. It's unbelievable, sort of, isn't it? Yeah, to sort of thank them again, you know? Exactly. I'm in an area that I'm not very familiar with, so that's why I say, Byron, I'm doing that a whole lot. <laughs> and you're absolutely right. People are so gracious. Tell me about your, your workshops. Now, now who, who, who is an ideal candidate for this type of workshop where you're talking with them about the power, really, of, of, of using the four-letter word help as part of, of your, your overall life strategy? I'm so glad you asked that. That that is a terrific question because one of the things, let me just say this, I have found so many applications to this subject because it is a near epidemic in this country. McGraw-Hill targeted women on the cover of the book, and uh, if I'm in a uh, 50-50 gender workshop, which I do quite often, I just start off by saying, guys, you know that a man invented the GPS so that you guys don't ever have to ask for directions. And then that just takes care of the cover and we go on. But I do speak to a lot of women's groups, uh, super mom groups. This applies very much, Byron, to uh, people in, and it goes back to what we were saying earlier, to people in the helping industries and and, uh, services like nurses. There are so many self-sufficients in the nursing community because mm-hmm. they're reaching out to help others, mm-hmm. uh, as I described before. So I speak to a lot of healthcare groups, um, parenting groups, and then, of course, groups, uh, associations involving health matters because when you carry this too far, it catches up with you sooner or later and you burn out or even worse, and in my case, I started having panic attacks. Huh. What do you think the effect 
of the DNA of a company can be when you introduce a more kind of helping attitude for the employees of the company? I think it can just be unbelievably incredible going right to the bottom line. I've been in uh, corporate worlds for 35 years, and uh, it's just common sense for me to know that all these people that are sitting in my workshops who come to association conferences often um, are in companies. And so if someone that headed up a company, Byron, were to say, uh, how many people do I have that just believe that asking for help is a weakness? Uh, then there are going to be a whole bunch of people to step forward for the simple reason that this is such an esteemed area in our country that people aren't afraid to say they believe that. So people will, you know, just really step forward and admit it. Now, once a company realizes how many people they've got that are not asking for help, that are not participating fully on teams, that are not being part of the creative process, uh, and they start building all the things that have to be built for a person to feel safe, and of course the biggest thing is trust. And the way you certainly begin to develop that is to have open communication between management and the employees, uh, management doing what they say they're going to do when they say they're going to do it, valuing their employees, not just saying that human resources are their most important resource, but actually talking to employees, walking around, you know, that management by walking around. Uh, when an employee starts to feel valued and when they feel they can trust what the management is telling them, that environment starts to feel safe. And several things happen. An employee starts to participate more on a team because they will tell, uh, they will say where they feel the weakness is, what they don't know, whether that's, you know, that's ignorance, not the stupidity we were talking about earlier. But uh, the morale goes up. The retention goes up uh, because an employee wants to stay in that sort of environment where they're valued. Uh, management studies have shown that uh, employees really want value more than they want money. They want to feel valued. So when the morale goes up, the retention goes up, the creativity goes up, and as a result, the productivity goes up, all of that goes straight to the bottom line. Hmm. Uh, let's take a break, Peggy, and then we'll be back with okay. some more help on getting help. <laughs> back right at you. Life Tips on WebmasterRadio.fm. We'll be back with more cool tips and advice right after these commercial messages. Howdy, boys, and you girls, too. I'm here to talk to you about Milnick Media, the best CPA network, period. They sure know how to deliver, and I know something about deliverance. Now, you want to get paid? Damn right you do. We'll make sure you get your money. Millennium Media's got support people who know their ass from their elbow. Need a new jet ski? How about one of them newfangled plasma TVs? Well, Cousin Jeremy here will hook you up with our performance rewards program. Email submits, zip submits, ringtones, hell, we got them all. Yeehaw! Hey there, it's Cousin Jeremy. Get on over to M-I-L-L-N-I-C-Media.com and we'll have you so happy you'll be squealing like a pig. 
faster than a speeding bullet. It's the super way to pay. It's Fast Transact. Fast Transact is the safe, secure, and fast way to process credit cards, online checks, and gift cards. Find multiple payment gateway and merchant account options to keep your costs down and sales up, up, and away. You can build your business empire in a single bound while Fast Transact fights the never-ending battle to keep payment processing safe and secure. Your quest for an e-commerce solution has found its final destination. Fly over to FastTransact.com today. Mr. Scott, I can't get any more information onto our website. I'm doing the best I can, Captain. There's no more room on the server. It's going to blow. Evaluation, Mr. Spock. The logical answer is Lunar Pages. Reputation, reliability, and legendary 24-7 support makes Lunar Pages the host to cling on to. Did you say cling on? Aye, Captain. Sign up at LunarPages.com and get $700 off coffee cup software absolutely free. If you call, they will answer. Lunar Pages it is. Beam us aboard, Mr. Scott. For out-of-this-world web hosting, Lunar Rocks. Sign up for web hosting with LunarPages.com and use coupon code LUNATICS to get $28 off. Brady Residence. Hi, this is Mark with WebmasterRadio.fm. I'm calling to talk to you about affiliate marketing. Look the way they are nowadays. You can't hear the words well enough to understand that what you would have heard is something you wouldn't have understood anyway. I agree. That's why on Wednesdays at 12 noon Eastern, we bring you Affiliate Thing, the grooviest affiliate marketing radio show on the web. Wow! Boy, groovy. Wow. Far out. Wait a minute. Who else is on this line? Jan Brady. Hi, Jan. For thing too bad, she's a loser. A loser? Yeah. That's exactly what I am, a born loser. Oh, well, don't say that. You've got to have confidence in yourself. I do have confidence. I'm confident that I'm a no-talent loser. Well, if you want to build your confidence, then log on to webmasterradio.fm every Wednesday at noon for Affiliate Thing with Sean Collins and Lisa Piccarelli. And you'll be as smart as your sister, Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha! I hope you've learned something from all of this. Yes, that Webmaster Radio is the destination for education and entertainment. You are the grooviest. Wow, you can ride my range anytime. Um... Uh, no thanks. Uh, I really got to go now. Don't get caught in a web of confusion. Learn the ropes on webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. And now back to Life Tips, the show that offers expert tips and savvy advice to make life easier and more fun. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host. Welcome back, everyone, to our show today. We're talking with Peggy Collins author of Help is Not a Four-Letter Word, Why Doing It All is Doing it is doing You In. Peggy, let's talk about the people of, of the world out there that are not exactly uh, willing to give as much help as they should. What's up with these people? Now, from the standpoint, Brian, that when somebody asks, they don't give as much help as they should? Is that what you mean? I, yeah, to be more specific, so there are people out there that that um, that make you feel perhaps that it is a massive chore for them to help you learn how to do something or solve a problem. Well, there are certainly those people, and um, I think the self-sufficient, I don't think I know, has a real task ahead of them when they make a determination that they're going to balance their behavior in a better way. And one of those determinations is to learn how to know who to ask. 
uh, because the self-sufficient looks like they have it so much together, they look like they don't need anything. So some of the people around them don't offer help for that reason. You know, they think, well, I can't meet that person's expectations, so I'm just not going to help. But true enough, there are unfortunately a few people in the world who just don't want to take the time. They don't want to help somebody else. They're too busy with their own things. So I would suggest to the self-sufficient that they ask that person first how they can help them. Uh, Obviously, this person does need help or they wouldn't feel like they can't help others. So um, it's that old thing that we hear in networking, feed and take care of your network, and your network will feed and take care of you, you know, taking the first action. I also suggest that to Uh self-sufficients. Now, there's a phenomenon that is reality in the business world probably as well as in the journey of life, frankly, and that is knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. So we we have we have two forces here: knowledge, people that learn quickly, people that ascertain information quickly, the people that have a lot of knowledge, and and this notion of power. How do the two fit? In? Where does help fit in with those two extremes, namely the knowledge and the power you get from the knowledge that you have? Well, there's there's absolutely no doubt that that is true. Information is you know, the power and the knowledge. But what I um, challenge people who have this extreme behavior, and it can be, my goodness, you know, it can be um, any extreme that you can measure, uh, I ask them to list their top three values, the three core values that are the most important things in the world to them. And eight out of ten times, Byron, somebody will put family and relationships at the top. If I can show them that knowledge or slash accomplishments are really the most important thing to them, that they're living their life out of that, that they value that the most, then they can start to see that maybe they're not quite as balanced as they want to be. And that one way they can get a little more balance is not to share information or knowledge to the point that they feel stripped or that they feel weakened, but that they can start to share knowledge somewhat in order to move toward balance. Hmm. Make sense? It, it does. How do you think society rewards the giving of knowledge to others? I think on a higher level, uh, you and I have been talking about uh, going through our life journey. We all hope to get to that point, or at least I think we've gotten stuck, but I do think underneath we all want to get to that point where we do feel like we're part of something that's greater than ourselves. Uh, in an organization, that may be the organization. In, in our life's journey, uh, that means much more to many people than just belonging to an organization. Uh, and in order to um, reach that level, you've got to balance the give and take. That's what interdependence is, you know. And so learning how to depend on someone else, giving up the control that takes, taking a risk, uh, sometimes uh, to the point we said it just a minute ago, being told no uh, occasionally, but being able to rebound from that and assess the situation and perhaps not choose a person like that the next time, one starts to take on those fundamental pieces of interdependence. Hmm. We have a lot of webmasters that listen to this show 
Peggy, and I want to throw out a radical uh, .com idea for you that, that okay. to see, see what grabs you. What about a nonprofit organization that might be called something like helpgivers.org that was a national organization where people could donate not money but their time in helping other people? I think it's a fabulous idea. And it's sort of like a, a help bank, huh? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Oh, I think that would just be fabulous. But then we'd have to replenish the coffers by other people putting in, wouldn't we? Well, that's what gets interesting. Maybe as you put in, you can take out. <laughs> well, that is, you know, that. in fact, that's very, very interesting you're using that um, uh, example, Byron, because I use economics in the book as a measurement of uh, payoffs and price tags. Uh, the payoffs that you get from being this this extreme, and then the the price tags that you're paying for it. So that's interesting. We're both talking about economics, aren't we? Pretty much. It it's an interesting way to to look at it and to see a model there that really is is, is kind of interesting. Yeah, Have you seen anything like that? Are there any? The closest thing, and this, you know, certainly I don't mean to be facetious when I throw this out, but the closest thing I've seen to that is Craigslist. Uh -huh, uh -huh. You know, we're, oh my goodness, you know, people are offering all sorts of things, um, all sorts of services and products and you name it. And that is just becoming huge. It is. Success. Very real social phenomenon, no question right. about it. Have right. you seen Angie's List? I've not. Mm -mm. Angie's List is also, I think, a wonderful service, and it does involve giving something and getting something in return. So Angie's I'll List take a is look at that. yeah. Check out Angie'sList.com. I'll briefly explain it to you um, so that the, the we can can get on the same page and and discuss it. But the concept here is so Angie's List is set up as a review service for contractors that could help with home improvement related things. Mm-hmm. A wonderful, valuable service for people that might have moved to a new town, which it sounds like you might have, uh, or uh, you know, or, or need need to hire a plumber or, or a landscaper or uh, someone to you know. So you you become a member of Angelus for a very small fee. I think it's about fifty or sixty dollars, and it gives you access to the database of all the general contractors that all. Uh, that, that use the service as a lead generation, but once you are in the service and a paid member of it, you can write reviews on any of the contractors that you use. And, you and can, this is you know, national, Byron? This is national now. It's rolling out. It's a brilliant, wow, a I, brilliant I idea. That. Yeah, I, it's I speak to a lot of meeting planners, too, and I'm thinking how wonderful that would be for them. I think the Angie's List kind of was a takeoff of the overall Craigslist concept, mm -hmm. and it, it just does involve the opinions of others, um, you know, about a particular product or service. And they're in the right place because all of these contractors want new leads and want to generate more business. So it's a natural phenomenon. But I like this. I like this this HelpGivers.org concept even more because there's really there's not a money exchange with this one, but you know, if I have knowledge of internet marketing, you know, but I don't have knowledge of, you know, uh, you know, a plumbing, you know, in my house and or some sort of 3D software that I want to build landscaping with, 
why couldn't somebody give me, you know, why couldn't I put in five hours of training that I do with someone, maybe over the phone that wants to learn about internet marketing, and receive five, five hours of 3D software development? I think it's a wonderful idea. Isn't that cool? Yes, it is. That okay, is let's really start cool. that company in our spare time, Peggy. Yeah, yeah, in our spare time. You know, since you have a lot of website people, I want to mention this. As I go on, you know, I've got a lot of Google alerts going on in terms of the marketing of my book, and um, so many of the people who discuss this issue that you and I are talking about are information technology people because they have so much trouble in corporations, particularly on the help desks, uh, getting people to ask for help soon enough. Mm. You know, the, the people really get in a jam before they'll finally throw in the towel and call the help desk. And by that time, of course, it's a real mess. Hmm. So I thought so, that it really interesting. Yeah, so yeah. I mention it since you've got some website guys out there that are probably nodding their heads. Is there an actual chart of uh, kind of like a law of diminishing returns where if you don't get help fast enough, it becomes to have consequences that cost you time and money at a magnified proportion or something. Is there any I kind don't of, have one, but I'm yeah. sure there is. And, of course, <laughs> you know, I lived this life for about, oh, golly, probably 30 years before I burned out. And, uh, you know, so I, I'm sure that uh, there was diminishing returns. But I have to say this. Most self-sufficients who live the life I lived, are so proud, they're feeding off their pride. You know, they're so proud they can do it all, they're not really realistically looking at not only what it's doing to them, how, but how extreme their behavior is and how removed they are from everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the, boy, that's the diminishing return. Mm-hmm. Peggy, how can people get a hold of you? This, is, uh, this has been a fascinating discussion. Um, tell I us about... your input. Well, tell us a little bit about um, uh, the book, how they can buy it. Uh, do you have any website that they could check out? G- give, us some, give us some contact out of here. Oh, thank you. I do have a website, and it's www. I made it easy. It's help is not a four-letter word, uh, the title of the book, and four is spelled out dot com. And I'm offering a free tip of the week on asking for help. Uh, that's an ongoing thing that builds on itself. And so um, all anybody has to do is go to my website and just give me their email address, and the rest is history. Uh, certainly Amazon is selling the book, Barnes & Noble, um, many independents around the country, Borders, any of the major bookstores um, have it. So, um, And then, of course, I have a, a button on my site for Amazon as well as McGraw-Hill. Well, listen, this has been a, a pleasure chatting with, with you and, and have nothing but respect for your desire to make people help more people well, <laughs> and in the you. process help themselves. Well, and I appreciate the input. I'm going to go look up your site you gave me. That sounds really interesting. And if you launch that business, please let me know. <laughs> well, maybe some webmaster that's listening in will, will seize the opportunity and, and run with it. it. It's a neat idea. We always it come is. up with we always come up with great ideas here on the show, and, and uh, we, we find it entertaining and interesting. So uh, feel free to uh, take it and run with it if anybody's listening. And if I have more time and energy, I'll think about it myself. It, it is a real neat idea. Uh, All right, I so. might mention, if anybody listening has a particular personal situation, uh, anything they want to talk about or feedback, uh, my email is pjcollins 
at earthlink.net, and I would love to hear from them. P.J. Collins, mm-hmm. C-O-L-L-I-N-S, Correct. at earthlink.net. Correct, yes. Okay, Peggy. Well, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Yes, indeed. Come back to the show sometime. Thanks again for being on the show. Thanks, everyone, for this. right on. Thanks, everyone, for a great uh, listening into a great show today. We'll we'll catch you uh, next week, uh, Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bye, bye, everyone. <laughs>